she was singing that song tonight. I was going back to that Sunday night when I walked that aisle. Imagine where I'd be, not for the grace of God. Amen. Let's stand together tonight, if you would, please. And I want you to take your Bible tonight and go into Judges chapter number 7. Brother John, you can go ahead and get the title up on the screen. We'll begin there. Judges chapter number 7 tonight. We'll begin reading at verse number 16, and I'll read down through verse number 25. Hard to believe, but this is already the 18th message, and I'm just on chapter 7. And there are a lot more that I could have preached. Man, what truths are in this Bible. I want tonight to remind you for just a moment that Gideon had went from quite a few soldiers down to 300. Now God has told them to divide them into hundreds. There'll be three of 100. And now they get ready to fight that battle. They get ready to get that victory and the route gets ready to begin. And I want to pick it up from verse number 16. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. That's in chapter 6. Look back over chapter 6, then we'll go to 7. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Then you go from chapter 6 to chapter 7, verse 16 as well. And I want you to see what happens. He divided the three hundred men into three companies. He put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. Don't everybody look at me just a moment. If you've been with me through the preaching that I've done out of this book of the Bible, then you know that Gideon started out with not a lot of confidence. Matter of fact, he started out saying, God, I'm from a poor place. Uh, God, certainly you could have got somebody better to do this than me. But Gideon also now is at the place where he says to the people of God, you just watch me. You follow me. You do what I'm going to do. And I want to say this to you. I'm glad God can give you some Holy Ghost boldness. And God can help you. You may start out weak. You may not know how to give out that track. You may not know how to share the gospel. You may struggle when the enemy comes, but you stay with it. And God will give you that holy boldness to be able to stand for Him. The Bible says in verse number 18, When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, Then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came into the outside of the camp, beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried the sword of the Lord 
and of Gideon. They stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and cried and fled. Now if you remember, we're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of 35,000 of the enemy. And there's 300. Little as much when God's in it. We can do big things for God sometimes when it seems like we're but small. Go back down if you would. The Bible says, And the 300 blew the trumpets. The Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. The host fled the best to die in Zeroth and to the border of that place in Tabith. All right? I want to try to pronounce that one. And so I want, with the help of God, to go back. And I want you to look, if you would, well, the Bible says several times, and they break the pictures. Verse number 20 tells us that. And verse number 19, the end of it tells us that. And I want to give you a little thought that God gave me, and I don't want to get into the gist of what I'm going to preach about brokenness until later, but yet tonight we'll begin. I want tonight to preach on broken and empty. Broken and empty. And I trust the Lord will help us in this 18th message out of the book of Judges. As we saw this morning, a church that gets broken can be used of God. People that are Christians that are broken can be used of God. And friend, if you're going to be anything for God, you have to let the Lord break you and get you to that place where you can be molded. As I said this morning, you can go ahead and be seated. As I said this morning, before Jesus fed the 5,000, He broke the bread. As I said this morning, many times in the Word of God, you find broken things. I know in our day, we think about when somebody's broken. We think about maybe they're broken because of sin. Or they're broken because of something that's happened in their life. And no doubt tonight... That can happen. I said to you this morning, sometimes it can be soft words that break us. Somebody can just look at you and say, I love you, or I'm praying for you, or I care about you. And those soft words can break a very hard heart. Sometimes the words are stern words, or hurtful words, uh, strenuous words where people say to someone, literally they hurtful things and it breaks them and breaks their heart. But I do believe this. I believe that if God ever breaks us, I believe God is doing it for our benefit, for our good, and God wants to get us to a place that we can be with Him. And so the Bible says we need to be broken. I share with you, Brother John, I'll put the verse up for you. Psalm 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. 
David in this psalm, and I shared it this morning during our time when God moved in. And you can see why I'm, I, I mentioned that this morning. But David in his life got to the place uh, where he was broken uh, over what David was. So David was broken over what David was. And can I say this until you and I ever get broken of what we are and see ourselves for what we are, we can never be used of God. And I believe that, don't you? For me, it was on the grave of B.R. Lakin. For me, it was in a high school auditorium in Kingsport, Tennessee. Those two occasions apart from my salvation when God broke me. When God broke me over young people in Kingsport or when God broke me over the gospel and reaching people with the gospel on the grave of B.R. Lincoln out there in Lynchburg, Virginia. Let me say this to you today. God does not use arrogancy. God does not use pride. God does not use people. Uh, God uses people in the essence of brokenness. And you and I need to realize that. Say amen if you believe that tonight. The Bible goes on to say, let us know that when Gideon divided the companies into three companies, he put a trumpet in verse 16 in every man's hand. Let me just say this. I want to give you this with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. Let God help you tonight, all right? Listen to this. I've told you that Israel would sound the shofar. I have that on the conference table in my office where we do our staff meetings. And you've heard Miss Sandy blow that shofar. That shofar would be blown in certain ways, as I've shared with you in other messages. There was a way they would blow that shofar when it was time for battle. There was a way to blow that shofar when they were bringing everybody together for a gathering. There was a way to blow that shofar when it was time to move from one place to another place. And let me say this, what you and I are waiting for is that heavenly shofar one day that's going to sound. The trumpet of God's going to sound and you and I will be called up together to be with the Lord. So they sounded the trumpet at that time when God said, I'm going to give you the Midianites. Also, and I want to, I want to spend a little time here tonight also, they had empty pitchers uh, and lamps within the pitchers. Now, God's Word makes no mistake. This is not a contradiction. Usually a pitcher uh, would have uh, something in it. A water pitcher or a vessel would have something in it. But God told them, I don't want anything in the pitcher but this lamp or light that's going to be in that pitcher. I'll show why that's so significant. But the Bible is not contradicting itself when it says that. I want you to see this statement Brother John's putting up for you now by Dr. M. R. DeHaan. Before a thing can be made, it must be broken. I want you to think about the potter's house in Jeremiah 16. Or is it 18? One of those chapters. The potter's house. Literally in order for the potter to do a work. The clay must be broken. That clay must be molded. And sometimes God puts that clay through the fire. And sometimes that clay is broken. And, and it is needed. And it is worked on before it can ever be made into what God wants it to be. And let me say this. You will never be what God wants you to be until God's able to break you so that he can mold you and make your life into what he wants it to be. There's so many things I could say about the trumpet 
about the pictures, about the shout. Have you ever noticed when God gives victory, He likes people to shout? Maybe you didn't hear me. Did you hear me? God ever given you any victory? Then holler amen right now. Does God ever give you something in your life where it had to be God? Then say glory. Aren't you glad? Listen, sometimes you got to shout before the wall comes down as we know they did at Jericho. But hallelujah, sometimes you can go ahead and shout after the wall's down and God's given the victory. And I just want to take a second right now in this service tonight to say hallelujah and what great things God is doing. And I praise His holy name. Amen. Don't take for granted Wednesday night young people getting saved. Today, folks in Spanish church getting saved. The miracles God did in this auditorium this morning. Don't you take that for granted. Shout about that. Praise God about that. Friend, I want to go to heaven with a shout on my lips. I, I want to go to heaven with a praise on my voice. I want to thank God for allowing me to have the victory. Though little might be much, we can still be a great shout for God. I don't have time to preach about the geography of this victory. But the Midianites were down in the valley. The Israelites were really above them. Why not get down to where they are? It's going to look a whole lot more intimidating when they're all up on the hills around you and you're thinking, man, that's just the ones holding the light. That don't count how many others are with them. The Midianites have no idea there's not but 300 of them. All they know is that they've heard about the God of Gideon. They've heard about what Gideon's doing. And now, can you imagine? It's pitch black at night. It's in that watch. That's the darkest... There's no street lamps in that day. There's no light in that day. Can you see 35,000, maybe just a little fire over here that's dwindling out, but it's so dark you can't see the hand in front of your face. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 300 shofars sound on the hillside. Pitchers break at the same time, and three sides begin to light up. And the Bible said it scared the devil out of them, and they jumped up and they ran to the east uh, back the way they go back to their land they had no idea they thought man that must be a large army but I got news for you they were right it was 300 of Gideon's army and one God amen and that one God was big enough to take care of everything little is much when God is in it I want you to know that tonight amen well hallelujah one little girl said it gets gooder and gooder. Amen. Now, for just a moment, I want you to get a little view of the picture. I don't know how big it was. I know it had to contain that light, that candlelight. But for a moment, I want to picture you as you become, that's kind of tough, ain't it? Picture you as you become the picture. I, I want for just a moment you to think about your life as that picture before a thing can be made, it must be broken. And I want you to think about your life and I want you to just for a moment tonight, I want us to examine this picture. And one of the things, picture, excuse me, and one of the things that I want you to notice and I want John to put this up, I want you to get this in your mind, is the total commitment of the picture. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I want you to understand this. That picture was going to be broken. In other words, it was a vessel. It was made by a potter. Hands had been placed 
placed on it. Uh, and it was a vessel that was good. Lord, have mercy. That was going to be used uh, in the work of God. But guess what? Notice the total commitment. That picture would not come back from the battlefield without being broken. Uh, that picture would not be used uh, without being broken. Uh, but guess what? I'm glad the same potter uh, that gives power to put it together the first time is the same potter that can put it together the second time. I'm glad as long as you get on the wheel, uh, God can bless you. But I will say this tonight. There's the total commitment of the picture. That vase. Total commitment. Can I say this to you? If you're going to be used to God, boy, the Holy Ghost showed me a lot of these and few, some things here just a few hours this morning. I want you to listen. If you're going to be used to God, it's going to take a total commitment. You're going to have to be willing to let God break you. You're going to have to be willing to say, Lord, here I am. And Lord, I want to give all of myself. And I want to be everything that you want me to be. And God, I'm willing to be broken. I'm willing, God, for you to break me. I'm willing, not a little bit of me, not a part of me. But there's the total commitment of the pitcher. The pitcher's going to be broken for the victory to be won. What I'm afraid of in our day is the reason we don't see what we could see. The reason many people are not getting saved or Think about the pictures that have to be broken. You saw Miss Tanya standing here a while ago trying to explain to you what God's been doing and she was broken. I've seen at times Miss Janet and others and Miss Susan tonight when we were talking about those kids that came Wednesday and I've seen the brokenness it takes. The brokenness it takes. And I want to say this to you. I want to be the kind of preacher, sure, I want to preach firm. And sure, I want to preach against sin. But you know what? I don't want to ever lose my tears. I, I don't want to ever lose my brokenness. I, I want to look at sinners on their way to hell and not say, I'm glad I'm not like that. I, I'm glad I'm not like that. Oh, no. I want to look at them and say, but for the grace of God, I would be like that. I don't ever want to lose my tears over people that need God Amen So I want you to notice The total commitment of the picture Can I ask you a question tonight How committed are you To the things of God Are you committed in whatever you do You ever ask God instead of helping you Hit every note when you sing Brother Russ or Brother Crabtree You ever ask God God sure I want to do a good job but the most important thing, God's let me be broken when I sing. You've heard me tell the story many times. I love to share it. I share it often about someone that went in and heard someone get up and someone quote the 23rd Psalm and quoted it so eloquently and every, every, better than I just said eloquently and every, every verse was right and every punctuation was right and the inflection of the voice was right and everything was right and when they got done quoting the 23rd Psalm the crowd stood and the crowd applauded, applauded as the 23rd Psalm was quoted. Then another got up and quoted the same Psalm but in quoting that psalm, began to break down and weep. 
had to stop several times during the psalm. One man looked at another and said, what was the difference? The simple statement was this. One man knew the psalm and one man knew the shepherd. And can I say this to you? Boy, there's a big difference. There's a big difference in knowing about God and talking about God. There's a big difference in knowing about the Bible. But honey, when you get to the place where you know the Lord personally and you have that relationship and it breaks you, it will change your life. The other morning, I was praying. It doesn't happen every time I pray, but I was praying and I try to start off sometimes on those mornings when I'm draggy, getting going, and I just try to start off thanking the Lord for some things. And I began to pray one morning, and I never got past the thanking in part. I mean, honestly, I was praying, and before I knew it, I never asked for anything. I never called anybody's name. Just the entire time, all I did was just say, thank you, Lord. I felt tears running out of my eyes, down my face, just myself, just me and the Lord in that room and, and just thanking God for the opportunity that I've had to serve Him and how good God has been to me. Amen. Total commitment of the picture. Secondly, Brother John, notice the emptiness of the picture. Bible said, I want you to take a picture, but I don't want you to take a picture that's got new wine. I don't want you to take a picture that's got uh, water. I want it to be empty. You've heard me preach and say, and you've heard this message, and I preach it in many churches about how we got to get empty to get full. Hey, can I say this to you? What we got to do if we're going to be used to God and if we're going to have God to work in our life, we got to empty all the junk out and all the stuff out, and we got to find some room for the Lord, and we got to make room for God in our life so that God can do something with us. Amen. Amen. The emptiness of the picture. You've got to get to a place where you're empty if God's going to use you. If you go back up to the start, the Bible says, and he divided verse 16 to 300 men into three companies, and he put a trump in every man's hand with empty pictures. You've heard me say this, but it's hard to put something in something that's already full. See, if you come to church tonight and you're already so full of stuff, that may not necessarily mean bad stuff, but just stuff. Then it's hard for God to put anything in there. So you got to get empty. But then our next statement, Brother John will put up for you. The only thing inside the picture was the light. Amen. You know what? The only thing, God said I want it empty. And the reason I want it empty is so the light has room and the light is in there and the light will be noticed when the picture breaks. In other words, the only thing the picture was for was the light that was on the inside. You know what you and I ought to be today? We ought to be an empty vessel. We ought to be a broken vessel. And when people see us, they ought to see the light of the Lord Jesus he is the light of the world and they ought to see him in our lives. Yes. 
Amen. So I'll say this tonight. Oh, by the way, the Bible says in John 5, verse 33 about John the Baptist. It says, He sent unto John, he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. Here's what the Bible says about John the Baptist. He was a burning and a shining light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. I want to give you this to think about. Brother John, please, another, another step here. The torches were in the jar, not seen in all until they were broken. Is anybody with me here? Now inside my soul's doing flip-flops just thinking about this. You ought to get this. This is a great theological thought. When those Midianites are in there and Israel's up on that mountain, there was no light to be seen. There was no light to be seen. Why? Because the picture hadn't been broken. And until that picture was broken, the light was not going to be seen. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid there's a lost and dying world down here. There's a world without God down here. And they're still in darkness because we've got our candle hid under a bushel. And nobody can see the light. And the light's not bright enough. Oh, that God would break us. And oh, that God would get us to the place where that light would shine through our lives. Children, you sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Shine all over our Dale County. I'm going to let it shine. Can I say something to you? It's time we got broken enough where people could see God's light inside of us. Help the preacher tonight. It's time we got broken enough where God could do something in our life and the light of God could shine to a lost and dying world. Amen. Till the picture broke, there was no light. There was trumpet sound. There was noise. There was no light. Not till the picture broke. And they say, preacher, how do I get to the place of brokenness in my life? I just want to touch on the condition of brokenness. I've got just two verses in a statement. I'll be done this evening. Here's the condition of brokenness. Job 16, 12. Boy, Job was broken, was he not? Here's what Job said. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. Come here, Brother Crabtree, and I'm not going to shake you to death. But he said, God grabbed me and God shook me until God broke me. That's what Job said. And all of that, Job didn't complain. Psalm 31, 12, here's brokenness. David said, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For the sake of time tonight, I love to continue on the causes of brokenness, and I'm going to. 
But I'll say this to you tonight as we close this service. And I want you to listen to me. I think one of the things that scares me today is how great we are at mechanical things. I remember a day as a boy coming up, people wept over sinners. Brokenness. I remember a day when prodigals came home, sort of like this morning. We weep over prodigals. I'll say this to you. A church can run buses and have that kind of powerful of a choir and good singing. But if we're not broken, ain't no light shining. Amen. You can't walk up to a sinner, and this is what I hate the world does, with a prideful attitude. Hey, you better get saved, gonna go to hell. They know that. Nothing wrong with telling them that if you're telling them that broken. You'll have a whole lot more effect on somebody sharing the gospel with them with a broken heart than you will with a pious look like you're better than they are. This world's already seen all of that. One of the reasons they turn to the mega church, honestly, is they want love. They want somebody to love them. Though the mega church may not be given the gospel, or a false gospel. They do one thing. They try to love people come in there. Then I'm afraid a whole lot of our fundamental churches. We put our coat and tie on. Throw our Bible under our arm. And we walk around sometimes. With a whole lot of pride. I'm an independent fundamental King James Bible tote. And don't get me wrong. I am thankful that I am but I don't have to be a mean one when I see a boy whose life's messed up he's a drunk or he's a dope addict or he's on the wrong side of the tracks I don't have to look at him and tell him how bad he is he already knows that you lost without God you already know where you are I didn't have to look at Bridget the other day. And say, Bridget, look at the mess you made of your life or look the way you live. I didn't have to do that. She already knew. I just looked at her and said, Bridget, I'm praying for you. And I want you to know we love you in the Lord and that God can help you. Soft words can break. Amen. Do you know when the prodigal came home, his daddy never one time said, but if you never left, this wouldn't have happened to you. If you had any sense, you'd have stayed home in the first place. He knew that. He'd already said that. The Bible said daddy loved him. That don't mean condone. That don't mean you agree with it. 
He never came back with what he had to start with. Because he got rid of all that. Amen. Only thing he really cared about then wasn't stuff. It was his daddy's house. I guarantee that hug from daddy meant a whole lot more than that stuff he spent down in the hog pen. Amen. Let God use you. Let God break you. So God's light can shine. Amen. Stand to your feet tonight, Miss Amy. You come to the piano and everybody look at me just a moment. Thank you for being so good tonight. I know you've been in choir practice this afternoon. And uh, boy, what a, we got a hangover from this morning. But don't you look at me just a minute and say something to all of you tonight. Miss Amy, you can play when you're ready. Be fine. I don't care what you do for God. If you're one of the, not what, as far as I'm concerned, best associate pastor God could ever give a preacher, but if you're associate pastor of this church, if you teach a Sunday school class, if you go on door-to-door visitation, if you run a bus route, sing in the choir, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care what you do. The light of God will never really shine through you until you're broken. You know one of the ways to be broken is what Miss Tanya sung about. Where would you be? Did any of y'all reflect during that song? If you were doing that song, I looked back at Brother White and he had both hands up in there. I knew what he was thinking. Lord God, if not for grace, Brother John. I look back at our Brother George and others I've led to Christ in this church and seen get saved. And you can see tears dripping off their face. You, you can see, you know why? Because they're thinking, my soul, where would I be if not for the grace of God? You think about what God saved you some, it'll break you. You know what, some of you young people that have a Christian home, little boy Christopher, he, he didn't have that. It'd break you. You think about how good God's been to you, put you in a Christian home. People love God. Oh, by the way, Daddy's still on the porch. He's still looking. Amen. God uses broken things. God help me to give my next gospel track out broken. I don't mean you stand in front of somebody weeping and blubbering you can't even talk. That might happen. But it's the spirit. It's much easier to reach a man or woman when you give them something so I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And I want to tell you what he did for me. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Do you want your light to shine this week? Let God break the picture that is your life and say, God, use me this week to reach somebody. My burden right now for Calvary greatly. I believe Brother Parquette and I on the same page with this. We need to reach sinners. We need to give out tracts, knock on doors, invite people to church, and we need to do it broken.
Why don't you come tonight and say, God, make me a broken soul winner. I'm not talking about just knocking on the door, but where people see Christ in you. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel the Lord trying to do something for us today. I really do. Brother James, if you have a song you want to sing, you just mind the Lord tonight. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You got family and that family's they're not going to listen to you if you come at them and get churchy because that's what they're going to think. And don't be pushing that church stuff down my throat. And But I wonder if you come to them broken and said, Lord, I just don't want you to go to hell. Miss Dana, this your nephew, is that, is that cousin? What's, what's, your, what's his first name again? Brian? Frank? Frank came this morning, talked to me going out the door. Just sharing some things. I won't start to worry but about what God's been trying to do in his life. But I'll tell you why Frank is here. It's because Miss Dana let my wife know one day she was broken over him and his family. Just wanted God to do something special in their life. You saw parents this morning just broken over one of the best for their children. Oh, that God would break us. Oh, that God would break us. Boy, I believe it's a good start. I believe it's a good start. Praise God for what God's been doing here today. I'm sensing the Lord helping us. Let's share something that happened the other night. Miss Sweeney and I were on the way back. I was preaching in Jubilee. And I got done preaching. When I got done preaching, we were headed back to Spartanburg, Bowling Springs. I stopped up at the big QT gas station that's got all the drinks and food, you know, just nice place. We used to grab a snack, cup of coffee, some of the way home. As soon as I was getting out of my car, a young man come walking over toward us. I guess Miss Winnie probably in his 20s. I hate to say it, but the first thought that came to my mind was I forgot my gun. In our day, you never know. But anyway, he come walking over there and he said, Sir, can you help me? Well, you know, we've all been there, right? So I thought, you know, here we go. He said, I'm not asking for money or anything, but he said, I don't have enough gas to get home just a few miles up the road. What if you could help me with some gas? Well, you know, I don't know that he don't do that every week. Somebody put gas in. I have no idea. He might. He might be a gas swindler. I don't know. 
But right when he said that, I got ready to say, look, man, I ain't got nothing but a business card here and a debit card. And I, I, you know, I, I ain't got time for all that. Get a job, you know. I have to buy my gas, you buy yours. The Holy Ghost said, now I don't do this every time. The Holy Ghost just quieted me. And I looked at him, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll put you some gas in. So I walked over to his car and I began to put the gas in. I pulled out a gospel track. And I said, listen, I don't mind helping you gas, but my name's Chris Hazel. It's got done preaching Jubilee. I'm the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church. And I want to tell you about Jesus. He said, oh, preacher, he said, I asked the Lord to save me through the words of you. So I grew up in church. I said, well, no, you died to go to heaven. He said, yeah, no, I don't know that he did. I don't know if he was the biggest swindler in the world. But I gave him that track and told him I was going to pray for him. And he shook my hand. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, like my wife and I were talking. What was a little bit of gas for a chance to witness to somebody about Jesus? But you know, if I went to that young man with an attitude, I have you to know I'm a preacher and I have to earn my living and drive up down the highways preaching for the independent Baptists. I doubt I'd ever made an impact in his life. I'm not even sure I didn't see him pass us on the interstate going the opposite direction than he told me with two girls in the car. But I didn't care because I got a chance to tell him about Christ. Let your light shine this week. Amen. Miss Hasep, she watches way too much Criminal Minds. She knew I didn't have my gun with me while I was over there talking. She said, I didn't look for me something I could pop them upside the head with. <laughs> you know how my wife would do that? Somebody be beating the devil out of me. She'd say, excuse me. If you don't mind, could I hit you because you hurt me? Let your light shine. I said, let your light shine. Father, thank you tonight for broken vessels and lessons we learn in Judges about Gideon's 300. Lord, help, it, help us to apply it to our lives. And God, may we let the light shine in us because we're broken. Bless our young people tonight in their afterglow. Brother Paquette, Miss Robin. Thank you for them. Give us a good week this week. Bring us back to your house Wednesday night. And we're going to bless your name. Thank you for all those who have been saved around this campus today. All around this facility, thank you for those who have been saved. Thank you for Wednesday night. Lord, they're not just children to me. They're children that need Jesus. Thank you for saving them. Thank you for Miss Tanya tonight sharing her heart singing to us. Lord, I've always noticed about Miss Tanya, God, that she has a servant's heart. She wants to serve. God, if we get broken, we'll want to serve. Go with us. Protect us. Bring us back the next appointed time, Jesus. We love you. Amen.